Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Hey, Bruins fans, Mike Allred here, host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 181, sponsored by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50 to get yourself a sweet bonus after you make an initial deposit. We have a great show today lined up. I am so pumped for this one. It's been a long time in the works, but former co-host, not former, I did it again. Co-host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, Heather Ingerson, is back. She is back for the start. Another reign of episodes. We are not going to stop. We have found ways technology can work to get these done on a weekly basis, even though Coronaville is fully in around us. So with that being said, I do want to talk about show sponsor betonline.ag before we get to Heather shortly. And uh, w- there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, betonline.ag. NASCAR is back, and betonline.ag has hundreds of games, events, and sports to get your wagering fix on. You can bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC, or even participate in the $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge. All March Madness NFL simulation tournament, you can enter for free. I mean, there's so many things that you can bet on, even though that the NHL, the baseball and, you know, basketball are all shut down in the North America right now because of coronavirus. You could still go to betonline.ag and bet on Russian hockey. Yeah, they're playing hockey in Russia. You can bet on European soccer. You can bet on baseball in Taiwan, Japan or any of those uh, countries to the Far East. You can bet on UFC because they're still fighting with nobody in the crowds, but whatever. And you can also go to BetOnline's online casino, including blackjack and poker. There's plenty of things to do at BetOnline.ag. Don't forget to use code CLNS50. Visit the website or use a mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Don't forget to use that code CLNS50. That's CLNS50. 
betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Also, before we get to Heather, because we do have a bunch of topics to talk about, we do have uh, the 2014 playoff, rumor about Peter Solarik and, and what's going on with him, uh, the East Coast Hockey League affiliation, Mark Diver, I uh, had something to say about that on Twitter. We're going to talk about that. Uh, some awards that we talked about and so on. So we're super stoked. And uh, we will talk uh, about all those topics uh, with Heather as soon as she gets back on. But uh, right now, we're going to hear from Celtics great Cedric Maxwell on his mission to lose weight through awaken180.com. This is a great website if you want to go and lose some of the poundage that Corona uh, this COVID-19 did, you know, as, as you're in home, there's not much to do, but eat and watch TV. Definitely check it out. If you want to lose some weight as the world gets back into order somewhat, uh, go to awaken 180 and, uh, we'll drop a little, little knowledge from Cedric Maxwell and, and his experience along with some others that have used the, um, the weight loss, uh, company. So, uh, we'll listen to that and we'll get, be right back. As you know by now, I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health by starting Awaken 180 Weight Loss. I've already dropped about 18 pounds, and I'm not the only one. Kendrick Perkins is down about 30 pounds, and we're just two of 11,000 who found the solution for weight loss. No gym, no medication, no tricks, or gimmicks. Awaken 180, a combination of science, nutrition, and expert one-on-one coaching. If you have weight to lose, I recommend you call Paige and her team. You'll lose weight starting the first week and each and every week until you get to your ideal weight. Awaken 180, six locations, but during this lockdown, they're starting client virtual, the same program from the comforts of your home. Simply log in to awaken180weightloss.com. Fill out the form online and start your weight loss transformation. Awaken 180 Weight Loss, the official weight loss program for the Boston Red Sox. All right, and that was a great little drop from Cedric Maxwell, former Celtics great. But we need to get to my friend Heather, my best friend, my co-host. So here it is. Without further ado, here's my interview with Heather Ingerson. Hey, Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode 181, sponsored by betonline.ag. Got a jam-packed show today. Um, it is May 31st, Sunday, 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 2020. Wicked pumped. Wicked, wicked pumped because, as I told you at the start of the show, I have a very special guest this week. Returning to the ring is my, no, I almost said former co-host, is my co-host, Heather Ingerson. Heather, what is happening? And welcome back. 
Nothing besides wondering if I really am your former co-host, but thanks for introducing me to the ring, buddy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Hey. Super stoked to have you back. I've been, I've been on a high, literally, figuratively, and literally, whatever you want to call it, uh, since Friday when we did our two-hour test where you had a couple that of cocktails. That was so fun. Yeah, a couple of cocktails, talking some hockey, but above all, checking the the signal to make sure that you are going to be good enough to do this and and um, and the equipment works. So I'm just super stoked to have you back. I'm, I wish we could have done this earlier, but then I would have missed out on some really, really cool guests. But it's all, always important to have you a part of the program. And continuing forward, we'll get those guests on, but we'll do it as a collaborative effort. How's that? That sounds awesome. And frankly, although I have not been able to be with you, and you know me, like I said, I like talk to myself, rocking back and forth, whatever. You have had some awesome, awesome guests, and I'm very happy for you. I'm very excited to listen to it. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm a little freaked out. I'm not used to what this camera thing's happening. I don't know. So <laughs> good luck to anybody who actually watches this instead of listens. Uh, yeah. Now you see how crazy I am. And we've broken the illusion. All right, I don't look like Angelina Jolie. Sorry. <laughs> I was I was going to more or less uh, give you the, the, um, the head actor in Weeds. I'm not sure what her name is. Uh... What's her name? I don't know, but she's uh, on Mary Louise Parker. Yes. Or Punky Brewster. Oh, I look good like one. Soleil Moonfry from the NECA. All right. <laughs> All right, but anyway, I'm, I'm super stoked to have you back, and uh, and it's it's going to be good from here on out. This is going to be great. Uh, but we do have some topics that we we want to go over, um, and just we'll hammer it out right now. There's 2014 format that was dropped on our laps. Uh, early this last week actually uh, started off the rumors on Monday came official on Tuesday um, what are your thoughts on the 2014 format and um, you know are you a, are you part of that Bruins nation uh, that is uh, not happy or, or think that the Bruins got screwed um, I think we talked about this on Friday but to the best of it I can recall my my major thing is I'm not against the 2014 format. I think we should have just all played till we all played 73 games and then picks, you know, the top eight seeds point percentage-wise. Uh, I do think that the top seeds are getting a little screwed because now, after working your ass off all season, you now have to kind of jump right into playoffs because whether it's a round robin proceeding or not, let's face it, you want now you have like you think Tampa doesn't want to be number one if that can be their seed, you know, so. Um, that kind of bothers me, but I do think that like Boston and St. Louis, like I said, they played every game that could have been played last year and both solidly won their conference again. I think we should have just not had the conference championships, had a little play, you know, like I said, six games, whatever, and then you seed them, just 16 teams play for the cup and say, screw the conference championships, but whatever, hockey, hockey, hockey. Yeah. Um, thoughts on the round robin to begin for the top seats in, in each division? Yeah, it kind of bothers me you're going to have the – I feel like it puts the top teams at a disadvantage because, again, they're jumping into the competition in kind of different ways. Like, they're still trying to hold their position, which is kind of weird, but they're going into such intense competition to start because, I mean, no one's just going to be like, whatever, I'll be number four because that's not what you do, especially. But what can you do? It's the weirdest year ever, so if most people agree. I think I had said I was a little surprised that we didn't object like Tampa did. But I'm also not like, I don't think we're so screwed because I still think we can win the cup or whatever. I don't think it screwed us in that way. I just do think that when you have the 100 points, maybe 
you should still get to be the top seed. Sure, play those three games so everyone else can figure it out. But in my heart of hearts, I think St. Louis and Boston should both have a bye in the sense of they're the number one teams, period. Because no one could have caught them either way. Well, Tampa could have caught us, but like in a freak miracle chance of something happened. But you know what I mean? I like the I like the um the tournament because they're playing. Well, everybody else, if, if they were thinking about the whole bye week, they'd be mm-hmm. they'd be not playing and, and scrimmaging and practicing their asses off. Uh, but no, it won't be like game time action when you're actually playing in a playoff series. But the the round robin gets these guys involved, gets them to see like top action. And in my opinion, I don't know, I kind of thought about it in the past two days. Once you get through this round robin, you'll be prepared for the team that's, that you're going to be playing, one of those four teams that you're going to be playing in that round robin in, in later rounds. So we'll see what happens. But I just like the aspect that they're going to be playing. I know it's a, it's a very unorthodox system because it's just been one of those types of years uh, for 2020. But I'm willing to bite the bullet. If it sucks, it sucks. But, you know, it... it, it this is pandemic time. It's Coronaville. We got to freaking do what we got to do and then jump over that speed bump in the next season and get back to reality. Well, don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody to have an actual buy. I just mean in the sense of why should the number one teams have to play for their number one seed, which if the season had gone to the first week of April, probably still would have been their seeding. You know what I mean? I think everybody should add action. That's why I said, why couldn't we have just played till everybody had played 73 games that gave everyone three or five games or whatever to warm up. You would have seen more than just who you might see when you get towards the conference final. You know, like, I don't know. But I'm just happy they're playing, and my team's going to be there either way. And yay for us. Yay, yay. Here goes a very, very strange cup run at some point to be determined later. I don't know. Whenever we work out, whichever cities, probably not Minneapolis right now. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, I don't know. We'll see if borders open. But hopefully... By the first week of August, there will be hockey being had in some way, shape, or form. And no, there shouldn't be an asterisk. Whoever wins the cup definitely deserves the cup this year. They totally stop playing for four months before they get to get back on the ice. It's going to be the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, you talk about the border a little bit. I know that there's some uh, lawyers being uh, involved about and talking with Trudeau and so on about the essential employee, air quotes, um, Mm -hmm. and to see if they can, you know, if one of those... If a Canadian city does become a hub, um, you know, the, the, you have to figure out those logistics, uh, if you can cross the border safely or not because of the Coronaville. But, um, it, well, if there's 24 teams and only, what, four or five of them are Canadian and there's more teams in the U.S., then suck it. You guys got to have Montreal still in the playoffs, so you're going to have to suck it up on everyone quarantining on the U.S. side of the border. It's not like any of us can go to the playoffs. No one's going to have, like, oh, my, can't get tickets to my team because they played in the U.S. instead if you're Vancouver. Like, you can't go anyways. So right. everyone's safe and they're playing. Yay. Like, you know, that's how I feel. Do you, did you uh, see the list of those 10 hub cities that they're considering? I've heard what has been sort of being kicked around. I didn't get to yesterday. I know Bill Daly was talking about it a little bit, and I didn't get to really – Look at that. Yeah, that's on my to-do list for the crazy day, but go ahead. Let's run down the cities. It is Chicago, Illinois, uh, Columbus, Ohio, Dallas, Texas, Edmonton, Alberta, Las Vegas, Nevada, Los Angeles, California, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Toronto, Ontario, and Vancouver, B.C. I don't think it should be in Toronto. I would rather it be in Buffalo because uh, we kind of talked about this the other day. If 
Montreal's in, and we'll talk a little bit about it later. Why is Buffalo not in if you're trying to get the TV ratings? They're the high, like, they watch everything. They always have the highest viewership for everything that you put out as a product, as a company. Doesn't it make sense you might want to maybe have Buffalo, especially if the border doesn't open up? Because Buffalo is still kind of close to Toronto, so it's not like the operations will be out of whack, you know? I don't know. That, I don't. I would rather them just, like, everyone come back to the U.S. by... July 1st or whatever it is, quarantine the 14 days, practice, and by August 1st, everybody's off and running. If I had my way, why do you need another offseason? You just had an offseason. Can't we just finish up? Everybody goes about training camp. We still do, like, the draft and free agency all way. That I mean, you obviously have to have free agency start and then do the draft, you know, that have, like, a two- or three-week off, right, and then just let them start training camp while the rest of the logistics should not start till December 1st or November 1st or whatever happens. That's silly to me too, but um, yay for the, I I like I don't not like it, but I'm also interested to see what happens with this format. Yeah, the um the whole quarantine thing, phase one has already happened. So, uh, per John Scott of the Dropping the Gloves podcast, uh, he had some inside information of a trainer that was working with the European players that were that went over to do their uh, quarantining themselves that but were allowed to skate and uh, mentioned to them that. Uh, by mid-May, you'll be back over uh, in North America getting that quarantine time. So phase one is already in process. Uh, phase two is coming up soon, which uh, allows the players to get back on the ice and do uh, smaller workouts, small group workouts, and then we'll move on from there. But uh, pretty much everybody's in North America at this point getting ready. I get that though, but we, you also have to logistically, if say they end up having to pick two U.S. cities, or say they pick two Canadian cities, you know what I mean? Canada as of right now, you know what I mean? And you're going to have to have a solid plan by the end of the month. If you don't know what's going on by July 1st when it should have been free agency, like, I know they're just trying to wait and see, which is good. I'm glad that, you know, like Batman said, the health and safety of everybody is the number one. We're going to play hockey, but when and where, whatever. We're not, you know, that hasn't been finalized by anybody contractually or anything else. Yeah. I think it's interesting they've been very careful to word it that the, like, 16 Team 8 series for the qualifying round robin do you get in has been wor worded so that it's not actual playoffs. It's qualifying to make the playoffs, and that's good legalese from the lawyers to try and Let's figure out what we can do with all these trade deadline deals and everything. That's buying them time for that because it's like these may or may not count. They may end up like contractually everybody agrees part of how to relieve all the crazy like we traded draft picks and all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's to say, you know, okay, these might count towards your whatever of something else after. You know what I mean? Like these games play for something, not just to play in, but maybe it can be applied to some contract that needs to be satisfied to in the legal money aspect of the whole entire thing. Absolutely. All right. Um, well, yeah, it's all derived by numbers. And, and if this uh, coronavirus is going down, uh, some of these hub cities that they mentioned, like Toronto, Buffalo, um, could be potential places to go. But right now it's... I think that a lot of the news and the rumors are coming from areas where uh, you're kind of cut off from everyone else. Like uh, the popular one right now is Edmonton because it's a small city in the middle of nowhere. It's a bunch. It's drive by oil oil riggers and workers up there, so it's a it's a it's a big community, but small when you think about um, how to get the virus and so on. And where you know, and the other one is Las Vegas, which I find is very intriguing. Listening to podcasts all week. 
is um, you know they they can block down a, a certain you know area for all these teams to go to. Each hotel I heard has a rumor of like up to twenty restaurants, so you don't have to like go anywhere outside or anything, and they could tunnel right into the the arena from under the under the strip, um, from my understanding. So, I mean, it's all about the logistics at this point. And and the other thing I heard about is they're not going to name any of these hub cities for at least another three or four weeks until they get those health officials to to sign off and say you guys are ready to go and then they'll start doing the scheduling thing so you know anything could happen from here and then and, and this whole thing is is basically a daily process so you have to uh, you know plan accordingly with that well I think it's smart of them to take it step by step like they like you said they still don't have clearance to actually let games happen even if it's only players and essential personnel or whatever with them and obviously there's no fans we all know that we're all going to have to just be happy watching it all at home anyways uh which is good because i can't afford to go to playoff games anyways i only get to go once in a blue moon and it's very special when i do big games like you know when we win like the conference championships yeah exactly but um I think that's good because then you don't have a plan in place and have to keep adjusting it. Like you're making your plan as you go. Like they, I like that they're taking their time and they're not just doing something stupid just so because no one else is playing they can get something on. Like it's like health first. They're gonna have to negotiate even if like New York State says yeah you can you know come. Buffalo might say I'm all set. That's why I think like Chicago. Some of them are kind of a stretch. Like Chicago is way too condensed. Like it's a hotbed and at any time could you know. It's not going to be in New York City. It's certainly not going to be in Boston. I think Columbus is an interesting idea because as long as they can all, that's the idea, right? As long as you have enough hotel that you can quarantine everyone, whether that is with families, not with families, like who knows, right? But if they block the whole hotel, you might be able to give families places to quarantine or whatever. Um, but I, I thought it would be maybe like in Minnesota, but right now Minnesota probably doesn't look in. Edmonton, though, too, even though you can't go anywhere, I also want the... Is it better to be in Edmonton where you have no temptation to leave and do something you shouldn't be doing or Vegas where mm, Vegas is open? It's going to be a hard sell in the middle of summer to ask these dudes, especially the non-men. Like, if you'll let them quarantine with their families, the married boys will stay home anyways, maybe go have dinner. The young kids will figure out how to get out and, like, who wouldn't want to go to the rooftop party if you're 21 years old and making $5 million a year? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know what the, I don't know where they'll decide, but I'm glad they're not saying yet because that leaves all their options open, and that to me means they're really, really, really thinking of it. And maybe for the first time, like I was joking with, why couldn't you just let them play a few games till everyone had played 74 games or whatever, and then did it by point percentage? At the same time, if they're gonna, they know they have to do something different and do something for their own league's sake, you know. It's going to be interesting. I think finally the boys aren't going to make it more complicated and the worst thing that could ever happen. It'll be interesting. Not everybody will love it. I'm sure people have already been complaining everywhere on the social media universe. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. It'll be fun, and there'll be hockey, and hopefully my team still comes out the gate like, boom! Yeah. Like I said, in my heart of hearts, I want Boston-St. Louis again. Nice segue on the whole happy conversation. The next topic I have is uh, there's a rumor it's a rumor right now because uh, of what I saw later on last night um, that uh, I wrote an article a while back about, uh, I think it was about a month ago, maybe a little longer, that uh, Peter Solarik was uh, firing shots at the Bruins organization, more particularly uh, Bruce Cassidy for not giving him the time, more time to get an NHL roster spot 
Um, so he's unhappy. There's a rumor that he was signing in the SHL, um, but that uh, that's I don't believe that's the, the SHL is the Swedish Hockey League. But yeah, the news the other day that Patrick Donnelly uh, of BlackandGoldHockey.com he wrote an article about this breaking news, and uh, EliteProspects.com very highly recommended, and and they know this stuff and. You know, they're not ones to make a mistake, so I'm kind of on the fence on what to believe and what not right now. But they said that he signed in the Swiss League with uh, Lugano, so uh, we'll see what happens with that. But the news that I did uh, receive is that it's on Instagram. I think it's Instagram. I'm not sure which media. I just I took the picture from a Facebook account. Uh, it's one of my friends, Lisa. And she runs a, a, a Providence Bruins um, Facebook page. And it says, evening everybody, he's got the peace sign. Recent news of me signing in NLA for 2021 seasons, not true. There is a decision to be made in the near future. Thank you. So, yeah, well, no shit, you're a free agent. Oh. No, it's all right. Explicit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, let's not get crazy, <laughs> but if you drop an apple. I didn't ask you about the swearing thing on the face. Oh, okay. Um. I don't know. I mean, if the player himself saying that rumor is not true, but you're right. A decision does have to be made because you're not happy here. And frankly, I don't care either way. You know, I feel about Peter Salar. I always forget about him until he's there again. Um, whether Cassidy hates him or not. I think that's a longstanding. He's been frustrated for a long time about his situation here. But frankly, you're not rising to the top. That's why you're not getting your looks either. And when you do get your looks, you look like you ain't ready to be up here even to fill in. So that's nothing against him. It might be good for him to go sign in the Swiss League for a couple of years and come back. You know, like, Lago's a good team. You know, whatever. Like, get, get you in there. Or find somewhere else to go. Like, at this point, I don't think we're, like, not we, obviously, we're not. But I don't think they're offering him anything to stay. Like, if he really wants to at once free agency whenever that actually mathematically happens, you know what I mean? I think, go ahead, test your worth out there. And maybe someone does want to pick him up. But I also think that maybe there's either you're not fitting in or whatever. You got to do what's best for you. But I think your time is done here. Sorry. It's been nice knowing you, Peter Zalark. Yeah. It's, they, Switzerland or Nashville. I don't, I don't know. For me, it's just he didn't do much of anything. I mean, he was given the opportunity to play at the top six roles and bottom 12 rolls uh, on the forward lines. And I didn't see, I mean, I saw a little chemistry with, with, uh, with Krejci and so on, but not enough that warrants him to stick around. And his contract right now is up. The season's over. You know, the, the, everything's shut down and done. So he is technically a UFA and he can sign anywhere. Um, my thing is, is if, if the rumors are true about him signing already over in Lu, Luongo, oh, oh my God, that's terrible. Lugano, uh, that that there was no interest from any other NHL team, that which I thought he would have a better opportunity to get on with the outlook and the landscape of what the the Boston Bruins have right now in front of him, and and that's some priority prospects, Jack Sudnika, Trent Fredericks, and so on. Those guys down there are knocking on the door of, of NHL careers, possibly starting next year and this guy mouths off that he didn't get enough time you got 40 games you got more than coco did and and coco didn't do much either you know what i mean but 
it is what it is. It's just I just don't like when players they they mouth off and then all of a sudden it's like, well, I wonder if the Bruins are going to sign him. I wouldn't. That's he's an attitude. He's got a problem, so I'll let him go. Again, I I can see where he's frustrated at his age and this point in his career because something needs to change. He does have good skills, but he just can't seem to put it together. And every time he's on the ice, you know, I I know I don't feel happy that he's up there. I mean, he's up there for a reason, and I just just because. There's not enough consistency, and not in the way Jake DeBrusque is inconsistent. Jake DeBrusque is like, hey, I'm hot for 30 games, and then I'm cold for 30 games, kind of streaky. I'll take thir- streaky for 30 again. You're, you've already been a better NHL or improved your work. You know, just I feel like the problem with him is that the prospect people, quote unquote, whatever, like, you know, whatever their age group, what they're really prospects or not, but still, if they're not on the big club, you're still a prospect. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's like, so, well, I know you do. That was what I didn't mean to be like, you didn't know, but. You've had your time, rookie on the ropes, and everyone around you has gotten better, and you've kind of just stayed the same. So it's not just maybe maybe the coach, and I used to say this about Julian, sometimes it's not just they hate the young players, which, you know, Cassidy likes young players. He coached these people, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's just you don't fit on the club, or you're not doing the work that you really need to do. Because I've never heard him give an interview, like I listened to Sinitian or whatever, say, what's his name? Sanishin. Sanishin. I said it weird for a second. Um, but he, uh, you know, like I never hear him out there like, oh, I'm working on, oh, I know I'm weak on the back. Go, you know, whatever, skating or whatever, pick a, whatever it is. Well, Peter Salari. There's a lot of things that are making you not staying on the NHL roster. And if you really think you can make an NHL roster, go for it if necessary. I wish you best of luck. You've got some skills. Maybe it's just this isn't the place for you. But since no one else seems to be interested, if that it's a rumor, obviously, I don't know if, like, I mean, there could be someone out there that really wants him. There's some really, I mean, he ain't going to hurt Ottawa, but he is going to hurt our top 12 people yeah. and definitely our bottom three. So our... the, the whole thing with the, him and his age, so he's, after this season, he's a UFA. Mm-hmm. If if they retained him while he was an RFA and he, and he was... A flight risk to go overseas they'd have his rights until 20 the 27 year 2027 so like coco this is the technically i believe this is the last season that they have him under rights so then they, they they have nothing i don't think they're going to qualify him or anything he can go over there play a year and then come back and try but that's fine with me fine with me i need that 80 what does he get like 800 thousand or something yeah yeah i need that towards something else it was just a one-year deal he 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 went through his entry-level contract and then they signed him for one more year which was this season and Uh, they said hey we're gonna give you one more chance to like show us that it shouldn't be trent frederick that's coming up it should be you yeah and he did it in the age i don't want either of them on there that's why i was joking with you i have my 28-man roster which i didn't even think of we could try and bulk around maybe some other time but it was like, I have my 27 players and then either Solaric or Fred. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the next topic. This was an interesting one. I don't believe it's going to happen. It's just, it's absolutely crazy. Um, but, specu- you know, the, the, the Bruins fans out there, they always love to see, you know, rattle somebody else's cage. And, and my boy Chris Mancuso is, is famous for that. But he makes, he makes solid points. But this one, I just, I'm not hammering you, Chris. I just don't see it happening. But um, the 
The rumors of, actually it's not a rumor, it is actual public information that Jack Eichel, the Buffalo Sabres forward, and, and probably their best player, uh, is unhappy and he says he's sick of losing. So, which automatically speculates trades, trade talks, and blah, 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 and it's, I've seen it all on, on Twitter in the past couple of days. Uh, but my boy Chris, of course, Chess Salad, Seltzer King, and he does a fantastic job on the uh, Dean Blundell uh, website, and, uh, and I, he's got his own project coming out soon. So, um, But anyway, Chris, Chris says to Boston, Jack Eichel. To Buffalo, David Krejci, Jack Stadnika, John Moore, a first-round pick in 2021, a second-round pick in 2020, and a second-round pick in 2021. That's a lot. That's a lot for somebody that is currently on an eight-year contract in Buffalo at $10 million. At $10 million. What do you think? <laughs> well, you know I love Jack Eichel. He's I from Chelmsford, Massachusetts. It's I love only, my build. It's only yeah, a short like, ride. He's a New Englander. I love my BU boys. Like that's a big cap hit for a very long contract and giving up an awful lot. In a cap that's probably going to stay at eighty-one point five for the next three to five years, depending if this twenty-four team playoff actually happens and kicks off then it will go down to like two or three years but if nothing happens this is a long time that this could this this two month over two month um hiatus bites the uh financial you know terms of the the league's doing losing billions so okay so on one hand i love jack eichel and like i always say to you he's like my an old favorite Taylor Hall, who I just never think, and we thought it was going to be McDavid for a while, but he's finally starting to get a little people around him, you know. Um, you don't have a home, you're really awesome, and there's no real home. So I can understand the frustration by Jack Eichel. I can understand wanting Jack Eichel. I don't know if I can, for the foreseeable future, take that big of a cap hit, especially if, it, if we take on a $10 million contract. Like... You know how I feel. I'd rather pay $10 million to three players that will be more useful to me than play it to one player, no matter how awesome they are. Uh, I want to give Jack Eichel a home. I think this would be a great fit for him. But I can't. That's a lot. I mean, even though we're going to have cap space, obviously, freeing up, that like some of our aging players or whatever, they're not like dead and gone. Like you could very conceivably give David Krejci another two or three year con, you know, whatever. Maybe not at the term that they have now, you know, but as the Boston's game is, the older guys take less at the twilight to help the kids out in the middle, you know. Uh, but I'm going to have to pass on that. That sounds awesome, Chris, but I also think it sounds crazy, I guess. That's. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No disrespect to my boy Chris at all. I mean, and you know he's a he's a longtime Bruins fan in the uh, Niagara area, up in Ontario. But uh, for me, it's it's what he's saying. I mean, it, I don't know. I, and you know, Dwayne from Buffalo. You know, he's been on Spitting Chicklets and he's got his own podcast and all this, and it's really cool and everything. But you know, he messaged me back uh, on Twitter and said that has he really been surrounded with the things that he needs to succeed? Uh, I don't know that for a fact, but I see that the since he's been under contract or even in his entry level deal, 
that the Buffalo Sabres were trying to like build around him and so on. So I can see some additions moving forward, but I, I get it. But for me, it's the attitude. I'm not sure even if we had cap space and and the and the tenure that he's currently under contract for and a roster spot available. I mean, if he's not happy in Boston, he's going to say the same shit here. Yeah, see, I don't think that he's doing it in a whining, I get paid a lot kind of elitist bitch way. I think he's doing it in a, he's still young in his career, but old enough that he's a veteran. He's been playing this game a little bit. Yes, he got his new contract, and he's been willing to take the Buffalo Sabres on his shoulders because, like you said, probably their best player. He is hands down their best player. No offense because they do have good other players, but... Jack Eichel is your superstar. He's your OV. He's your Sydney. He's your what every team has a couple, you know, or whatever that are like the name names. And he was willing to, like McDavid did in Edmonton, and give them the chance, you know what I mean, whatever, take Buffalo on his back. And, yes, they are finally, finally putting players around him. But I think that's part of the frustration, right? It was Buffalo's 50th season. They had a new coach. There was a good attitude. Like, Eichel was actually very comfortable at the beginning of the season. Like, yeah, okay, they're serious about, like, let's – Let's win. Like, let's bring, you know, whatever, back to the glory days of for the Buffalo fans, you know, because they're diehard hockey fans. Like, do you know how hard it must be to be a Buffalo Sabre fan? But, so you got to put it in context. Like, I, I think I had said right before we started, like, about how if I was Buffalo, I would be pissed and frustrated, too, that Montreal gets a chance to play for this buy-in, but we don't. Two-point difference. Seriously, why don't we just let everybody but Detroit let them have the first row? Whatever. Don't do the draft lot. Just let them have it. Everybody else, if that's the game, we're going to nitpick about whose feelings will be hurt if I didn't get in or out. It's not a perfect system, but I think it might just be more frustration because he is at a point in his career where he's he hasn't played. It's not like he's playing like he's not trying to earn his $10 million. He's playing on a team that's very hard for him to always, but still got injured, came back, and still, like, was on fire. Like, you know, so I don't think it's an attitude problem thing. I think with him, we can't afford the cap hit. That's plain and simple. That's that's the that's the block right there. It's just that money. And, and, and in an environment where uh, a player like, I mean, I'm sorry, a general manager like Don Sweeney um, constantly talks to, uh, you know, uh, players that are, uh, up for negotiations, so, you know, this is a winning culture. If you want to win here, you need to take less. But, but the addition of a $10 million deal, that's, that's a little too much for me. And uh, I'm not that's saying... Not contract. Yeah, I'm not saying the whole, um, the, the, you know, the addition to Krejci and so on because he's on a one-year deal, uh, one more season, sorry. And like you said, he could be resigned. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I just, the, the money... I mean, if he was a $7 million, oh, I, I would oh, probably yeah. eat it all up. But you still have to look at, um, if, if he comes in with that $10 million, you say goodbye to Tory Krug. Mm -hmm. So, and that's not happening. I'm not willing to let that happen, no. Yeah. I'd rather take $10 million, as awesome as I love Jack Eichel. Like, again, I'd rather have Krug and Bjork and, you know, whoever. You know, one of the, uh, maybe Sinitian, you know what I mean, or whatever. So. All right, let's move on to another topic. Bring move it back it. to a little Bruins-related. This is some news from my boy Mark Diver, a former Providence Journal writer, a longtime Providence Journal writer. He now writes for his own blog, and I believe NHL.com, and if I'm not mistaken, USCHO. He's a big college hockey guru, minor pro guru. But he says 
Uh, hearing faint rumblings about interest, both East Coast Hockey League and NAHL, which is a it's a it's a tier league, uh, developmental league, and bringing hockey back to Manchester for the 2021-22 campaign. He also uh, tagged himself on this. This was six days ago. For those wondering, Boston will be affiliated with Atlanta in 20. 20- 21 per source so that has not been official yet so it's still technically a rumor but i trust mark a lot i rubbed elbows with him many times interviewing players in the providence uh locker room or outside the locker room and so on but mark says something i i get attention so um it's good that the 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 boston bruins can have an east coast affiliation this coming season with atlanta but it now aligns the planets of potentially bringing a double uh, A minor pro affiliate closer to home. Um, there's options. Manchester is it's it's a great the SNHU Arena. It's uh, Southern New Hampshire University owned. Uh, it's a, it's a nice facility, um, and we remember the Manchester Monarchs. They have won a uh, called a cup between the the years of 2001 and 2015. The, the Manchester fans were just, t- I mean, they weren't selling out all the time, but there was a really decent amount of fans. I was a season ticket holder, as many listeners know, and, you know, there was a decent crowd. Um, but when the, the AHL switched uh, out to California to be closer to the LA Kings, and then the Ontario Reign organization came to Manchester, it, it all just went to hell. And uh, the the... the East Coast Hockey League, Manchester Monarchs, only played four seasons before ceasing operations um, after four consecutive playoff berths um, in Manchester, and it just couldn't make it work. the The season ticket numbers were were going down. The game day ticket sales were uh, excruciatingly bad, and it was like you know they'd say that they'd have uh, 2,200 in the building. But when you look, and I watch a lot of hockey, as you know, but when you when you when you do a stream, I'm not sure that I even saw two or three hundred people. So, but the thing is, my point here, and I'm actually writing an article about this, but I just gotta I gotta go through a little bit more logistics and so on on how everything is gonna pan out in my view. But if if, if the idea is to bring the uh, affiliation closer. I think it'll work out better than it ever would with the East Coast Hockey League affiliate with the Los Angeles Kings because there's no Bruins tie and it's, it's a triangle in New England. It's, it's Bruins. I think that they would do a lot better and, and if it works out, that'd be awesome. Now the, here's the thing, I'm not sure if you heard this in a previous podcast. At one time, Worcester was, was um, uh, rumored to be an affiliate. But the Providence Bruins bitched about it and says we don't want any affiliation, whether it be American Hockey League or the Coast, in a 40-mile radius. Uh, they they had a problem with that, and I think they even threatened that they would not resign a lease if that happened. Manchester is now 80 miles, uh, f- uh, another 40 miles outside of that zone. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, an affiliation coming closer? And, and, and it being tied to the Bruins, do you, do you see, even at that low of a league, they could see better numbers than a non-affiliated team? Absolutely. It's a hockey hotbed, right? You got 
I mean, the whole reason they got the funding to build that new building, right, is so UNH could play there and the Monarchs could play there. And it was like, you know, kind of a central place because it's hard if you're a hockey fan in New England to drive from Upper Maine or wherever you're coming. But, yeah, I think just like you might drive, we might drive to Providence for the hour and a half or whatever to get there. People, it gives not, I think it's a good, obviously, if there are injuries, you don't have to, it's hard to get from Atlanta to Boston. It takes a couple, but it's longer, you know what I mean, than it would be if you just had to drive up to get there. Um, I do think that it the affiliation is the whole reason why they didn't grow numbers. And especially after the main, when the rain came in, like, I think that people who maybe aren't into it as much as you might be to watch the AHL and that side of it, but at least if it's an AHL team, like in a casual kind of hockey fan, it's like, oh yeah, I'll go with you because they associate that as kind of like it's the a it's the NHL than AHL. That's how hockey at the elite level in America works, you know. So it's kind of like, oh okay, I know it'll be decent, like you know, players. I think it's hard when to invest in a like I don't want to say third string team, but like hockey doesn't really have like minors the way other sports you know what I mean do if it's for your team obviously you're going to probably care about the third like team down on the level of your players if they might actually you know even if you're like only love the Bruins and the Providence Bruins right if your third tier team isn't in Atlanta and it's in Manchester which is a great arena I'd rather it be there than Worcester anyway so I can if Providence is bitching cool for me because I'd rather go to Manchester than Worcester uh I think it, it just generates more because then you might, oh, the, you dream like this guy might someday be on the Providence Bruins. You know what I mean? So if you're really into the Providence Bruins, you're going to be looking at them and you might take the drive from Providence if you down there and drive up to Manchester. I think it would be good just business sense all around for all the uh, different parts of the Bruins organization and the cogs down the chain. Yeah, and when you look at it as a, a geographical thing, um, in, and in my experience talking to, uh, to folks down in Atlanta that, that you know, they – organize the travel and so on a lot of the guys like if they're being called up they're not being called if they're called up for an emergency i think something will work out with a plane ticket but most of the time you know that the minor hockey leagues they operate on a friday saturday sunday schedule now a lot of these guys wait till that sunday game is over and then they'll travel by car to providence because they have the time to 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 get there before a certain amount of time when you technically have to report well now you're if you're in Manchester or even Maine, Portland, Maine, or you know Lowell, Mass. I mean, you're going to be fighting with the Lowell Riverhawks or the NCAA for that weekend time, which I probably don't think so. But there are facilities close enough that you need that feeder system. Somebody goes down in Providence, you need to bump somebody up, and it can be done then, and not wait till the end of the weekend, and then make your plans before the the next set of games come up on the following weekend. So, I mean. Logistically, Lowell is a good, good other. Oh, sorry, not to interrupt, but Lowell is actually another brilliant kind of sidebar because remember when the Devs team used to be there? Like it was fun to go. And again, we have a lot of hockey fans around here. Obviously, we're in New England. It's redundant. I keep saying it, but it's thing. Like something like that, and that's kind of the same feel I think that Manchester. I mean, Manchester is obviously a little bigger than Lowell, uh, city-wise, but I think it's that feel of like it's like watching good you know, like, professional-grade hockey in your hometown. Like, it's not, you know, when you go to Manchester, you're not like, oh, like, it's like if you went to Madison Square Garden to watch the Rangers, it's like, whoa, you're in the middle of the city, you know, whatever. Um, Manchester City enough, but still, like, local enough, you could drive there for the day and just have an afternoon, you know? You can also, geographically, New England's awesome because 
not only would you kind of triangulate the three levels or whatever going on, you can pretty much get by bus or train or just hopping in your car anywhere in New England. Like, you get up at 6 in the morning, there's a 1 o'clock game in Providence. If there was a 7 o'clock game in Manchester and you were feeling froggy, you could drive up to Manchester, you know what I mean? Yeah. Watch that game, too. So I think it would be more opportunity for, like, just, like, opportunities to see, you know? Like, people love the Fisher Cats. They're a minor league baseball team, you know? The, you know, they love Fisher Cats, a big thing, like, a big thing in New England, right? You know, and I feel like you could make the same thing with your with a hockey affiliate, but like I said, no one's gonna, why should anybody care about the rate? No offense to the rate, but like, you know. What I like about the whole Manchester idea is it's a fantastic city to go. They don't call it the Queen City for nothing. It is a great place to watch a game, not only that, um, the the atmosphere around there, there's plenty of great places to drink, great places to eat, uh, and, and go see a game, and, and you're in your home within an hour. Well, me, I live in Namesbury, Mass., so that's like 40 minutes away. So I'm like in between, in between Boston and Manchester for travel. So it just it just makes sense. And and I know that there the, might be some folks out there that's like, why are you talking about the East Coast League? They don't have a lot of Boston Bruins prospects in there. You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, they might have two or three that come down because they need that kick in the ass. Like Pavel Shen did not have a very good season in his first year of pro hockey leaving Russia, so he got sent down. Unfortunately, Coronaville came, and he never got to play down in in, uh, in Atlanta, but that is what they need to do. But a majority of that roster, uh, I would probably say 18 to possibly a full bench, is, is not Bruins prospects or, or contracted by the Bruins. They are contracted on a week-to-week basis uh, through the Providence Bruins, so I'm not sure if you knew that. If you did, a little knowledge for you. I was thinking it just makes sense because not even just about the travel, but it doesn't matter. Like, if you can just get, like, New England sports fans are crazy sports fans. Like, we'll go, you'll be like, oh, there's going to be, like, chicken dancing match, and as long as it can, you know, <laughs> kick a bat of it at some point, like, we'll like it, you know, or whatever. Or you'll say, oh, wow, we, we're going to teach these fleas to play baseball. We'll be like, awesome, get some beer, let's check this shit out and see what happens. And I just think it doesn't matter if, like, you don't actually have the prospects. It's about, like, you know, like, we're Hockey East fans not because we're just hockey fans. We're Hockey East fans because we grew up in New England and we're surrounded by Hockey East teams. If I grew up in Minnesota, I also would love whatever, no, I would love probably Minnesota. But you know what I mean? Like, Wisconsin, Michigan. Like, my dad's from Michigan. So, like, all the teams he grew up as the rivals are the people around that region, you know. And now, like, college hockey, just like maybe some of these smaller affiliates with the bigger clubs, as the bigger clubs grow, their fan base grows, and when you get the diehards, they'll go and see anything. Right? You know what I mean? Like you can just put, isn't you can call them like the Manchester bean pots and put like a copy of the picture of the bean pot, and people will show up and be like, "Oh, the bean pots, it's awesome!" Right? Because yeah. everybody who plays in this, like, how many just future NHLers get produced out of New England or on New England college team? You know, whatever, and that can be said other places, but that's what I mean about growing fan base. Like, I I wouldn't love the teams I like or whatever in the regular other outside of the NHL hockey if it wasn't because they weren't the local teams and like you cared and supported or wanted them whether it's the high school teams when they're like oh yeah they're going for their second championship state champ you know whatever yeah. or an affiliate of maybe there's a couple Bruins or not like just to have an affiliation to put like you said those people who maybe they're even struggling for whatever reason on 
the AHL roster, but you want them around. You want to be able to control their development a little because you've made a choice of where you're going to stick them. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. But but it's also it's also very good for families too. So you know the minor pro levels they bring on a lot of kids, like the NCAA does too, and, and students and so on. But uh, who knows? I mean, we're still a ways away. But when you when you think about the the timeline that Diver uh, mentioned, it, you you know it's free speculation at that point that it could possibly be uh, uh, happening. And and anything is possible. Anything. Oh my is possible. God! You are not. I did. I did. Those are my boys, Ian Glendon and, and Chris Blackie of the Big Bad Bruins podcast. Anything is possible. Go check out that shirt. They're Hi, awesome. boys. Um, you guys' bromance between the three of you is getting a little out of hand, but that's okay. Awesome, awesome, too. You've been doing great interviews. Thank you very much for keeping me entertained and uh, great there. And I can't believe you're wearing their T-shirt. Yeah, man. Your own t-shirts. I'm wearing your sweatshirt, though. That's awesome. Well, That's our sweatshirt. Mine. We're a team here. No eyes. Also, you're, like, explaining the geography to New England, and it's weird because you're looking at me, and I'm like, I live in Ainsbury, too, guy. I'm just across town. Like, <laughs> I know how far Manchester is. I've been there a few times in my life. That's funny. Just driving through, maybe on the way to Burlington, Vermont. Just kidding. Um, All right. Let's, let's, let's move oh. on from this one. Let's do a little game that you uh, came up with, and uh, I called it a game even though you didn't want to, uh, well, you know, you didn't have any say in it. But uh, let's play a game of who stays and who goes. I am looking at Cap Friendly. I'm not sure yeah. what you're looking at. Um, I just looked on Cap Friendly and wrote down uh, uh, their status, who they are, and what they make this year, what I think if they are here they'll make in the future. Keep in mind, I did not actually mathematically think to myself, besides for next season, what you do with $18 million for next season. So I didn't calculate what will happen when their contract has to be paid in three years, because we don't know. That's when We'll have like $72 million worth of cap space in a couple of years if we don't re-sign a lot of people in the next few. So, so, so right now, all we're going to do is we're going to do the RFAs, the UFAs that need contracts after this year. Yeah. Okay. Like everyone signed till, yeah, like, yeah, just the blues and the greens and the whoever for they don't have a contract if ever hockey also gets played in 2020-21. Or it could just be hockey 2021. We don't know yet. Um, All right. So oh. roll with it, girl. All right, guy. I know what you're going to say to this, but Nordstrom. Joachim Nordstrom. He is a one, $1 million, 28-year-old UFA. When you're, when you're scratching at the bank vault door for every little cent to save cap space especially when we talked about when we don't know if it's going to go up or down in the next couple of seasons and you need to you vitally need to sign you, you one of the league's best defensemen in Tory Krug I walk away from uh, Joachim Nordstrom because you can you can get a player if needed and a roster availability uh, that's younger and on an entry level deal, which is under a million dollars. So he's a goal for me. Okay, I agree. He can go. I need that million dollars somewhere else, namely, I don't know, Tory Group. <laughs> well, like I said, I don't care. That's Andrews Bjork's contract. That's what I'm saying. Okay. How about Bjork then? RFA. He makes nine hundred twenty-five thousand this year. So you think he earned a little bump if he sticks around? You they want him to stick around? What do you think? I think I think yes. I think they want him to stick around. I think he's a, a little untapped talent that they haven't seen 
completely because of injuries in the past couple seasons. Um, I think he really his coming his coming out party was this year, and uh, I think that warranted him at least a a small contract, maybe a show me one year deal because of those con the salary cap restrictions, um, or a two year or some small bridge. I think that he gets it done, and uh, I think that he's the type of player that can be talked to about the winning culture and signing a lower contract to get. The, the pieces needed to make runs, not only for one year, but for the duration of his contract, whichever, whatever he gets. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Bjork and his talent. Uh, I say keep him. I think keep him, obviously, yes. I think, one, it's always good to have an RFA versus a UFA, right? I mean, not Nordstrom. We can walk away from him. But when you have UFA like Tory Krug, it sucks. You're trying to not walk away from him, you know, whatever. I think it would be brilliant if they gave him maybe two years at 1.5 or maybe three for two or something because he's still young enough he can earn good money once we have people age out, whatever, salary cap eventually start going up, right? But he's still young, and this is his first season, and hey, Peter Solaric, take note on how to get a job on the big club when you step in, step up. That's how you do it. He did everything they asked of him to fill in fit. You know, yeah. that's how you do it. And even though you might still be younger and more, I don't want to say a weakling, but younger kids, you need the experience or whatever. Just like we all love Cliffy, but let's face it, he is not the most seasoned defenseman when he shows up. You know, he does. That's like... Bjork, we used. I used to joke like he's just simmering down there, waiting for him to like be ready, you know. But this year he proved maybe he is just ready. Let's leave him there. So I would definitely give him like one five or two or three just to lock him down, so we know we have kind of a low calorie. Because if he blows up and he becomes a five million dollar player, you can deal with that in a few years when you have the cap space to deal with that. But right now you can't give him. Again, you know how I feel about giving out contracts based on what you might do. No, give people contracts based on what you might do in the next three years because I can't. After that, I can't be straddled with a – like if Jack Eichel blows out a leg, I don't need $10 million on my salary cap kind of yeah. shit going on. You know? Hey, just just to add something on, on Bjork, um, 23 years old, and uh, his versatility is something that I really like. He can play both wings, um, so his skill set – which might not be blowing up the league right now. It's a, it's to me, it's just ready to to come out. It's ready to explode. But he can be slotted on any any of the top four lines, either right or left. I like that. I like that um, availability of placement. He's not just one of those uh, one-dimensional players that plays uh, the the wing. And if he's not working out, then he gets dropped down. But you could slot him in other areas to see if he can improve his game. So I kind of like that versatility too. Yeah, versatility is always good. That's what I meant. And even when you play fantasy sports, that's what you're trying. It's all right. Hey, how you feel about uh, Jake DeBrust RFA? Eight, what do you make? Eight hundred sixty-three thousand this year, right? Just first, tell me yes to Jake DeBrusque or no, because there's a lot of kind of like Jake DeBrusque hate that goes around, and I'm not sure why. Like I said, I personally think yes, he's streaky, but he's not streaky necessarily in a bad way. He's streaky the way a good heavy batter is. Uh, and I would like to argue he has gotten better of if he's not putting the puck in the net, helping other people get the puck in the net too. He has improved his game that year. What do you? Th I want to know what you think before I give you what I think he's going to get. I'm in, and I'd like to see him get at least, possibly two. Um, I mean, he's one of those players that we'll probably talk about later on. That you know, the the highest the highest amount of money should go to Tory Crew, obviously. But these smaller players, um, they, they should definitely get like two 
to uh, make sure that everybody else and 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 not not important players, but you know you can complement other players with their contracts to make it that winning culture. I was thinking that with Jake DeBrusque, I think he does still need kind of a bridge deal, kind of like we did like with Charlie McAvoy. Like you're gonna maybe obviously not getting paid as much as McAvoy, but. You know, and sometimes that is just you're negotiating a contract when everyone else is too, and you get a little screwed. So if I'm gonna give Bjork 1.5, I'm giving Debrisk at least 2.5, like 2.5. You know what I mean? Because he's earned his time on the club longer, and even though he does still struggle a little bit, and he is young, but he is another player that, it, with him, it's never when you're not. He's not trying. It's just sometimes it's not clicking. Sometimes, like, remember Pasnack? There'd be times where he was, like, streaky, and then other times, like, skating in a circle with the puck in the corner. You're like, what are you doing, might I? Get out of here. Like, what are you doing? Um, I feel like that's DeBrus. So I think, though, depending on what Bjork gets, I definitely think DeBrus should get a similar deal, like, two to three years with that that level. You know what I mean? Again, season you up for your next, once you're a veteran, veteran, get something. But I do think that his time, and he deserves probably 2-5 if they're going to keep him around. Yeah, Absolutely. That's- and I, and I'm just going to add something in here because I know that he's signed for a one more full season. I'm not sure if you had any thoughts on Par Lindholm, but if I could just add something. The 28-year-old is a versatile forward, play center, and left wing. But his $850,000 cap number for next season is, um, is for me, and we need roster spots for younger players like Stadnika possibly and so on. I think that they might use a bio option on par limhone thoughts on that um i agree if if people are ready to fill his spot like i'm not anti par limhone the way i am nick richie goodbye see you we'll talk about him in a minute but um i do think that if you can if you're going to save money in the end to save one especially the younger guys that you can still kind of chain along with their you're earning you're moving up the chain of what y'all getting paid and pay the guys that have earned their money or whatever, negotiate or leaves you a little space that maybe not now, but things could work out during free or whatever that you, you could trade that, you know, so maybe you can get rid of that. You know, maybe you don't even somehow, whether you buy it out or not, you're, it's not a lot of money to like have to go. I don't know. Sorry. My brain's started going off on there. I'm just thinking like in the end, like if we need your money to put it somewhere else, and you actually save money sometimes when you buy people out and then you have more money. It's like, you know, all the stupid, like, back ways that they do with the money. I definitely think, sorry, Parla at home, I'm going to have to part with you because I have enough people that can do your job once they get a little more experience in them. Yeah, and look at, looking at the retained salary that the Bruins are going to hold on to the next season, they have David Backus at $1.5 uh, So adding another 850000 or even lower number, you're probably going to get some kind of uh, discount on buying them out and extending them out, but uh, yeah, it won't be that bad when you hold and uh, a little over 2.4 million dollars in retainable salary. So uh, that's not bad at all. Where are we going so, now, sister? Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Not he's actually not an elephant. He's taking out Rob Thomas over here on my shoulder. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, my boy TK. Yeah, that guy wasn't so smooth, was he? No, he was not smooth at all. But you know who was smooth? I can still, like, it was yesterday, even though it was, like, a year ago. Actually, it was a year ago, like, yesterday. <laughs> anyway. Did you get the Matchbox 20 reference? Yes, I do. You do it every time. It's one of your man. It's one of your old man jokes. <laughs> so, yeah, anyways, that's not, he's not... 
still in the air. That's when he finally hit the ground. But Tom was like, oh, that hurt. All because your teammate got off the ice like a little bitch. <laughs> no, I blame the refs. They should never let it go that far. But anyways, Tory Krug, obviously in on keeping him. Yes, you've come around. You're now on the Tory Krug train. I've always so been on the man. train. What are you talking about? Yeah, but about? you get all like weirded out about Captain. Ah, seven million other people. That, and I get that. But sometimes you got to pay seven million to the person you know you need right now instead of to the person who maybe they can get their seven mil later when they've earned it. My thing is, is if he went to market. I don't think the Bruins can do a $9 million deal, or maybe even well, eight five nine million. I think that they need to really talk him down off of market value to stick around. So, I mean, he, lo- he, he has said he loves Boston. He does this and that in the, in the press conferences. But when it comes down to it, he also doesn't have his agent, who is making 10%, 15% on that contract. Uh, alongside him and and some reassurances on other deals and bonuses and all that stuff so um, yes I want to see him play absolutely remain in Boston stay here as long as he wants Um, I just think he's so important on the power play and 60 70 point defensemen like him don't don't grow on trees all the time so uh, get a deal done but talk him down See, this is the thing is that uh, we talk about this all the time. Like earlier in the season when it was like, Yarrow Halak, should we sign him? Not sign him. Lagasse is cheaper. You know what I mean? Whatever. And I said, well, you don't know that Yarrow at 35 years old isn't going to say, I'll take a little less money. Like, I might not take more. I might even take a little less as long as I'm still making at least around the same amount. Right? I remember that. I and said you were crazy. Same thing. Like, I think people... I think it's hard for especially people like us who aren't like making mil- like no one's going to give me a million dollars. I don't have any kind of skill set that would warrant that, right? I think it's hard for us to imagine even though I'm worth 10 million dollars or 9 million or 7 or whatever who pick whoever, right? To imagine not expecting you get that much money. To have a situation where like a Tory Krug just because he's worth 9 million doesn't mean he's asking for 9 million. But you know where I land on the Tory Krug, mark my words, because I was right about Yarrow, he took less around the same. And, yes, yes, And like I said, him and, him and Tuka forever, at least until 2021. <laughs> One more year, at least. Um, Tory's getting seven, five, or six, because everything else will be buried in bonuses, which he'll hit, like you said, you know, just like they did with Chara this year, right? You know he's going to play 10 games, right? See, so Tory Krug say he plays 50 games. There's a little luck, you know, because all the bonuses is really where players get their money. They don't get it in their salary. That allows that he still, at baseline, makes one and a half or so more than he is currently. And his agent can get his cut. So instead of going somewhere and making nine and actually paying more to his agent, and he can bury in his contract, his agent gets a part of the contract. The player gets the piece of the bonuses, you know what I mean, or whatever, and still leave room for escrow. And it still leaves him at 35, and he'll be at his char age where maybe as long as you're healthy, you whatever, two millet for the rest, you know, that's just me. I think it's going to, but you can't not give him at least seven million. He's done his time. He's earned it. He's one of the leaders in the room. Like, and honestly, like he might be your next Zidane char on the back end. Just, you know, I know we all want McAvoy and them, you know, they're growing Carlo, like he's grown into a assistant, but that voice, you know what I mean? To like, if we want to keep this winning culture going, part of that is you pass those traditions down from generation to generation, right? Absolutely. So let's ride this shit for another 10, 15 years. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Keep in mind that when you talk about bonuses, bonuses do carry over to the following season on the salary cap. 
Right. But okay. when those get applied, we're going to have, like, in two years, we have nobody signed, you know, and our, like, one or two people. We're going to have all our salaries have to deal with that. Right. So when you renegotiate coming in, you have your people coming up. The pe- You've already signed some of the people that are going to make their good money because even some of our high-end players. Also, people stop saying if Patrice Bergeron only made good. Again, it's when you're signing a contract. Like, when Patrice yeah. Bergeron signed his contract, it was a $62 million salary cap. And now, you know, whatever. So... Anyways, Tori's not getting less than seven, and I don't know why everyone still assumes. And I don't know if it's human nature because we all assume like if I'm worth ten mil, I should get ten mil. But I don't. I think he does truly mean it when he says he'd rather stay here. Like he'd rather have one more run with Chara. He'd rather, you know, whatever. I mean, he's partly he's one of the boys, right? The, I mean, they're all one of the boys, but you know, even in the boys group, there's always little boy clicks, you know. Yeah. What's he gonna do? Also, I like him and Carlo together. I want them together for yeah, a really long time. That's a great pairing because Carlo is more shut down, not very offensive. Tori's got the speed to get the uh, transition going and uh, and and t- t- tune it up offensively if needed. So you don't want two shut down. You don't want a Chara and a Carlo on the same. It's just that's that's too slow for me. But regardless, that was only good like when Carlo was a rookie and he needed Z to kind of help him become the defenseman he's become then. Shout out Brandon Carlo. You were so you did so awesome this year. Your growth just as a player and a leader or whatever. But alright, so anyways, Tori's staying and mark my words also, you know, literally there'll be a podcast of me just crying. You know how on um Big Bad Bruins they're like joking with the Marcy Gray song or whatever? Um, no, literally it will be an hour and a half of me crying. Like we'll be trying to talk about like something else and I'll be like <laughs> Also don't be dicks though. If it's a matter of Seven one or seven five. Let him have the seven five. It's worth it. You know what I mean. Work it out on the other side. That's why Sweeney's got the habit brain. Don't work habit, it. Habit. All right. Uh, we won't talk about thing, but we'll do Grizz first. Matt Grizzlick, RFA. Uh, the the whole thing with Matt Grizzlick is is what's going to happen with Tory Krug, in my opinion. And I'm not comparing them to to to. Please don't. You know. No, I'm not. Um even though he's a BU guy. I know you're high on the BU guys and so on. But, listen, if things don't work out, he could be that type of player to uh, nurture into a role that Tory Krug once filled. Uh, if Tory Krug is retained for a, a very cat-friendly deal, then I would actually think that Grizzly might be that um, high-profile player that a team like Seattle would look for. So... Here's my thing, is regardless of what happens with Krug in Seattle, I would sign him and see if he takes it as an RFA, he's 26, a one-year deal. Uh, let's go 1.75. If he takes it, then he, you'll be able to put him into the, uh, the draft, which, which Seattle might, might be very enticed to take. Um, but... That's just my thought, but I, I mean, I like Grizz on, on, I'm on the fence. I like him on the team, uh, but I also like him uh, where he could fit uh, elsewhere, too. See, I have the feeling of, I think that Carlo, Krug, Grizzlick, and McAvoy are your top two pairings for the next foreseeable future to continue to be the big bad Bruins of new. You know what I mean? That's just my thing. I also think, though, Grizzlick has earned some money because, again, like a few of the other people we've discussed, you've chugged along, you've done everything that's asked of you. 
I do appreciate you don't compare that. And you know, I, I love Grizzly, but stop saying him and Tory Krug are two different players. Okay. He's never going to be Tory Krug. He's going to always be Matt Grizzly. And that's all right. Cause Matt Grizzly is a skilled defenseman. He's never going to be your $9 million defenseman. Okay. But he's definitely probably solid. Maybe not this contract, but at least your four or $5 million cost. You know what I mean? Like keep around. I know it's hard to say with salary cap and, I didn't even bother to worry about the Seattle thing because who knows, that might all get messed up, at least when the draft happens or how we do it. You know, they might have to do something to adjust next year's plans too. Um, I would not sign him though, just based on you could maybe dump him in Seattle. And this is why, because I still believe, and I'll look in this camera and say it, we should have kept Colin Miller and he would have developed more and not kept Kevin Miller, and I've said it a million times. You may have heard on a different podcast, Mark, I'm not the biggest Kevin Miller fan. Not because I don't think he's a lovely person, and not because he's always injured, but I'd rather have Adam McQuaid back than have a Kevin. You know, oh, so I don't want to make that mistake. I just threw mistake. up in my mouth. <gasps> but, what, but that's the whole thing is that Tory Krug would be protective if he resigns, right? Obviously, you'd have to leave Grizz open. But at the same time, Grizzlick might want to not do a one-year dump me maybe in Seattle, but might be willing to agree to a three-year, a three-year, three million dollar deal. If you want to dump him in, they're going to have to pick up his contract because if you already have an existing contract, you have to keep the contract. Yeah. And they make it, and you can do it so you kick him in bonuses. So say at the end, say he is around, he really probably will have earned even more money and should be more towards five boy then. But you didn't burn the cap space. You can bounce it up in the thing and then see what goes from there, right? That's just my thought is like, I don't feel comfortable bothering to resign him if we're not looking at, yes, maybe you might have to lose him in the draft and you can't protect him, but not going into it. I would rather go into it as I'd rather try and figure out how to get this kid $3 million for the next year or two till we get through COVID, Seattle expansion, salary cap opening up again. That's just me, because I do I do believe those are your four defensemen for like Chara, like he might be in this year, but Chara, he's gonna be going off into the sunset if not the year after, right? So when Seattle comes in, Chara is out. It's just gonna happen, whether it's roster spot wise or whatever else. And I do think that those are your four. So I would keep Grizz all day long, not just because he's a BU guy, <laughs> not because he's small like Tory Crew. It's the only <laughs> thing they have in common. Like <laughs> they're both small and they both play defense. What? All, right, all right, so what about Chara? I like that I hear that Chara's like, get everyone else done and then we'll talk about me. I do like that. He's been very public and that doesn't shock me at all that that's the Daniel Chara's take on the whole thing. I think if you can get uh, the, keep all these people like we talked about, you know, keep them, keep it under, you know, I mean, it's more important, I think, at this point to sign Tory Krug than it is to sign Zidane Chara. That's, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Heart the captain. I'm not one of those people who are like a Chara hater. Like, I think he's been a great captain. And maybe he's not always been your most graceful defenseman or whatever. But he's a badass. And he's been a badass for 22 years, you know, in this league. So, if you can, though, after you sign, you work it out with Tori. And you figure it out with... I, I'm thinking this is the order of priority. Tori Krug... Figuring out between DeBrusque and Bjork because you want to sign them up. You know, you need to have them. And I also haven't given up on Krejci and DeBrusque because I do think they have good chemistry. I think it's hard to have a line, like I always say, when you are missing like a chunk of your line continuously. And maybe that is Kasha. We don't know because we didn't get to see it long enough to know if that worked out. But 
if we can get Chara, I would give him a million and a half, two mil, just to have him for another year. But if not, if again, just like you said, like, sorry, Parlin Home, it's nothing personal, but if we can save space by buying you out and bouncing your ass, then Chara. And the great thing about Chara, though, is that if in the end the $2 million to be able to keep Grizzlick and, De, you know, whatever, Jabruskin, he will give, he'll step away. He won't say, I, even if he, had, that's part of what being a captain's all about, right? Is saying, you know what? I watched you grow, Matt Grizzlick. You know what I mean? Look at you finally taking off, Jakey. This is my gift to you, you know, and leave. So I say yes if you can, but he's my last on the list of, I like, needs to be signed. Yeah, I'm, I'm I down. Think, I think the kids are going to be all right, even if Daddy doesn't come home. You know. Yeah, I I think you're right on that. I think he wants to play longer in the league, uh, but I think he's that type of person and captain um, that's been around for a while that just says, you know, you know, if it comes down to the league minimum, I think it's a million dollars for anybody over 35, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, he'd accept that to keep this this culture going and possibly try to earn his second Stanley Cup in his in his unbelievable career. I'm I am not the biggest Chara fan, I get it, but you can't you cannot uh, you know, look at his career and just say it was terrible. That guy worked his ass off and he works his ass off on a daily basis. You see all his Instagram videos um, during the COVID nineteen pause. Uh, he drove his family down to Florida so he can go outside and do workouts and, and play you know be with the kids and his family so i mean he's just so dedicated if he's if he wants to give it another go and physically available absolutely i'm i'm on board with it but uh you, you just you do have to take care of some younger assets that might be around a little longer uh first before you can do that but i could see that a million 1.5 happening yeah it'll be sad we know it's coming, but it's always, like, sad. It's like graduation day, like, sometime soon. Oh, on a side note, that's weird. Did you hear that the town, the kids are going to get to go in the stadium and graduate this oh, year? Nice. Our class? Nice. nice. So, Good shout old. out, Ainsbury High School class of 2020. Nice. You've been very patient, and you will be rewarded on June 19th. Socially distance appropriate. Everyone wear masks, I'm sure. <laughs> and wash your hands. <laughs> I'm not touching, just for the record, I'm not actually touching my face either. I don't, like... <laughs> Although it's my face, I'll touch it if I want. Not yeah. be in myself, COVID. You sound like somebody that's driving with a mask and you're in the car by yourself. Oh, I can't. Like, I'm, you know me. I'm reasonable. I'm like, look, I don't think, like, be paranoid. I do think if you're in combis, put your damn face mask on. Yes. Like, I'm not, you're not, like, I love the Constitution. Anybody who, not a lot of you probably actually know me, but Mark does. I love my Constitution. I do not think my rights are being violated by wearing a damn mask, whether it works or doesn't work or whatever. Calm down. But I'll admit it, my kid's riding his bike without a mask right now. Who cares? What's he going to do? He's more likely to get, like, germs off the fence doing something gross because <laughs> by when he is about COVID. All right. How about Kevin Miller? Let's just wrap this segment up now that we're... Absolutely not. I am not yeah. on board the Kevin Miller train. Um, listen, the guy's been heroic in a certain aspect of his life, and that's trying to get back to doing the things that he loves. But in the salary cap world and the way that it's being constricted right now and what Don Sweeney has to get done and what he doesn't have to get done, regardless of Kevin wanting to take a, a serious discount, I do not see him back on this lineup. Um, if he gets completely healthy, which it, it, it's going to be a, a whirlwind situation if he does because the fact is that not long ago he came out on an interview and said he had another setback 
and another surgery. So that's just a red flag for me immediately for Don Sweeney to say, no, I get the whole warrior thing. I get the, he sticks up for his teammates. I get he's uh, the reincarnation of, of, of Adam McQuaid on this Bruins team, but you need to move on when it comes to money. Um, if, if we had the money and, not, and COVID never happened, I could see him taking a smaller deal, being that seventh defenseman in a rotation, kind of like what Stephen Camper has been doing or uh, the Connor Clifton's of the world and so on. So, uh, no, I do not see that come back. A lot of folks asked me if, it, if, if they would sign him to a two-year, I'm sorry, a two-way contract to put him down in Providence. I'm not sure if he'd, if, if he'd accept that with the uh, temptation of, of possibly continuing his career and trying to get back on another NHL franchise. So, a uh, big no for me. Sorry, folks. Yeah, we know how I stand on Kevin Miller. Uh, this is a, I wanted this guy gone in like the second week of November, but although he's not a big cap hit, I'm going to take my uh, chances on brother number two, but uh, Brett Ritchie. But yeah. again, as a low cap hit, like, I mean, I'm sure he's great just if he's not on Boston proper. 26-year-old RFA, I'm not sure. I mean, eh, I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in on this whole uh, Brett Ritchie thing. Um, I didn't see any much of anything when he came here and what he did. Uh, he, he was a solid pro down in Providence, played well. And, uh, you know, the tutelage that he brought to the younger players, the develop, developing crew, was probably really good and so on. So, I mean, he had that veteran leadership scenario there. But I don't, I don't see him coming back regardless of, um, you know, the, the, the Hamilton scenario of, of the two brothers being in the same franchise. Uh, no, I'm a, I'm a hard pass. Even though that he does have RFA rights, uh, possibly trade him and at the draft when that draft happens if it happens um, to get a, a, another seventh round sixth round pick just wipe your hands basically yeah um buy i'd rather keep parlin home for the extra year and not buy him out than resign brett reggie just saying same kind of like role play like what you need uh, like yeah bye sorry Sorry. I feel, it's funny when you like, if it ever happens, I'm thinking, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore, Toto. Do they have hockey rinks in Kansas? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, they do. I know, I know they do. I was okay. joking. Like, yeah. can we put it in, maybe we can put it in Topeka, and that's where everyone can be the safest. It's a lot less condensed than Chicago, I'll tell you that. Um, all right, and your boy, Zachy boy, I, I didn't know. I don't know if I scrolled all the way through our Providence, but also, uh, Zach also is up. Do you think that they're going to re-sign him? Yes. Do you think what he's done for the work to work, worry about giving it? I'm interested in what you think that his contract should be. All right. I think, yeah. So, I like it. so, obviously, you didn't go as far down the depth charts as possible because I can elaborate if you want. No, that's a, I figured I went down till about him, and then I was like, Mark can finish up on his thoughts on anybody else getting signed below you know what i mean yep. like i went through who, who we have on the big club who the people are that we see mostly bouncing up between providence and boston i'd like you yeah to finish up from like zach's engine down of what you think may or may not happen with anybody who might also be left over uh zach's Sanishin does sign a uh, a deal this year he's a 23 year old uh restricted free agent right winger um i believe he's a work in progress continues to be jay leach talks very highly of him 
he did an uh, interview on the Athletic uh, Perfection Pod, which is a fantastic uh, episode with uh, Joey Mack and Fluja Zanzawa. Um, but yeah, I see him resigning. Maybe a two-year deal, two-way. Uh, keep him in the keep him involved in the organization. Uh, obviously, so, uh, next season in the AHL, and then with a, a roster availability and departures at the NHL level, he might be able to fit in and then do that show me kind of year uh, for an extension. And if not from there, I, I would wash my hands. But uh, he's he's a solid kid, great guy, works hard, and understands that just because he was a first-round pick that nothing was given to him. He's, he's got to work very hard for it. Um, moving down the list, I see Carson Coleman. I think he resigns. Uh, he's a 24-year-old, versatile forward on an ELC. Uh, that expires at the end of this year. So does Seneshin, by the way. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens with that if he if he wants to take a uh, a deal that keeps him in the AHL or the availability at the NHL. But I see prospects like Jack Stanika a little more higher in the food chain than uh, and it's not about roster. I'm sorry, it's not about position. It's about roster spot. Uh, it's not left, right, center. It doesn't matter. Uh, that roster spot where you're limited at uh, 23 at the NHL level, I don't see Carson being involved in that NHL next season. I do see Jack. Uh, I do see him involved in, in some some capacity. Uh, Don Tiano talked me off the roof a couple weeks ago saying that you know he could play, Stunika, by the way, could play the right side on the second line for the first season, and when availability comes forth at the up the middle, he could slot back in and start uh, his full career where he's comfortable and where he started. Um, Ryan Fitzgerald, unfortunately, I really wanted to see him stick around. I'm not sure if it's going to happen. He is a UFA Group Six. Uh, he's 25 year old. He plays the center and the right side. I've seen a lot of great things from him. Uh, injured a lot, but. Uh, he plays that Chris Wagner type of game, uh, but not at that NHL level quite yet. The AHL, he throws his body around very fast, and he's got some skill to him. So uh, I'd like to see him uh, stick around, but who knows. Uh, Brendan Gaunt, a uh, huge fan this year. The guy went on a 12-game goal streak, was a huge asset as a 26-year-old forward for Providence this season. He is an RFA. They could bring him back. Um, and complement the Providence roster as a veteran leader, uh, possibly a one-year one-year deal like he did uh, over the summer. Um, yeah, he's he, I, I really like Brendan's game. Brought the physicality, brought the skill, and uh, just just an all right, all around good guy. Uh, screw you, Peter Solarik. Um, and let's go down to Jakob's Borrell. I would like to see Jakob stick around just because of the year he had this season. I think that he was by far the better defenseman out of a lot of the guys, um, in even Jurho Vakaninen, who, who seems to be a little gun-shy from the concussion issues he had in the past. Uh, I'd like to see uh, Jakob at least come back for one more year. He's an RFA, so maybe a year or two. Like I said, with the departures that could happen, he could slot in with uh, Chara going away. I'm not saying Chara, it, it, that's his replacement, but he could be somewhere in the mix in a year or two. Um, Wiley Sherman, he's an RFA, 25 years old from Harvard. I, I just, I don't see much in his game. He's a big body, 
shutdown guy, but I, I just I really didn't see much. Uh, I even though he's RFA, I'd still walk away. Um, Alex Petrovic, uh, he's probably he, he's a 28 year old veteran and a UFA. I see him as being a smart enough guy to look at the the uh, the landscape ahead of what's going on and 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 who could possibly jump ahead of him in the uh, in the whole you know foreseeable future. I don't see him resigning, even if they the Bruins offered him another AHL deal. I don't believe that. I think that he's the type of defenseman he can play in any of the 31 NHL teams or 32. Who knows? Um, but, oh, that's it. So going down to the goaltenders, uh, Dan Bladar, yes, definitely signed. Small sample size from uh, December 1st to uh, when Coronaville came along. Uh, he... Second week of March. Yes. Um, outstanding. I mean, his, his save percentage numbers were above uh, 930. His goals against were uh, sub-2. I mean, it was just, I mean, unbelievable the way he was playing. And, and, and total credit goes to Bob Asenza and Mike Dunham for uh, grabbing a hold of him while he was rehabbing and, and getting healthy from that high ankle sprain that he got in early uh, last season in Laval, uh, Quebec. And uh, just was with him for like a majority of the time throughout that duration and just going through video and just teaching him how to how to play, how to position themselves. Um, a lot of the stuff that I, I uh, got from Joey Mack's article, The Athletic, uh, was that his he was moving around in the crease too much when he should have been just square and less movement, and that seemed to be a huge beneficial benefiting factor to his game moving forward. Small sample size, I get it. I think one more year at the AHL. Uh, with the Providence Bruins and uh, Rask and Halak both being locked down for next season gives him an opportunity to really showcase what he can do. Possibly, if Halak has to go, he could jump in there and be that um, that backup or even a starter. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, Max Legacy, I wish they um, they signed him for two years. Uh, he's making 750000 this year. He's a UFA. He's 27 years old. The reason why I wish they went two years is they could expose him in the draft. And, uh, and by the way, not to, uh, I don't know if it's going to happen because I know Seattle's going to look at roster players first, not at, you know, your depth in the, in the American Hockey League. But if they were looking for a young goaltender that's got some promise, believe it or not, Dan Vladar can be exposed um, so he's got three years of professional hockey at the AHL level which is acceptable for any ex expansion draft to um, come in and take him it doesn't matter NHL games a lot of folks get in touch with me about that and they're like well why do you think he'll go he hasn't played any NHL games it's like it doesn't matter it, when you're on an entry-level deal you're mostly signed for a three-year deal if you play three years pro you're exposed. I mean, you're you're able to uh, to go. So, uh, I wish, like I said, two another year Legacy, and then let him go. But it's all in what those guys in Seattle actually really want to do. We're just we're just we're at this point just speculating on who we'd like to see. You know, push him towards the door and be like, hey, yeah, take this guy. You know. So, but that's 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 me in a nutshell on my um, on my picks of um, of players that uh, should go and and should not go.
We just have to talk about it. This is the time of year we'd be talking about it, so we're going to talk about it. The actual free agency might not happen until October. Who knows? Yeah. But now we've locked it down. We're going to review when it actually happens, how close we were once we once see who gets signed, doesn't get signed, or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I just wanted to, I'm like, I can't, like, we barely have enough to sign everyone, but I think we can do it. And then plan everyone else re-signing the year after around what we signed this year. We can do it cap going up or not as long as it stays flat where it is at least for the next year you know like as long as we don't know there's less money coming on the next year but no one really knows that yet and all right it's interesting yeah we'll do a whole like recap like i didn't want to bring up seattle i know you like to stick to the bruins but why sit around talking to myself about hockey and listening to podcasts and mumbling at those or watching the videos online That's... and mumbling at those i'm thinking there is still no damn name for Seattle yet, and that is driving me insane, which I understand they pushed it the back. The murder hornets. I can't. I murder hornets. <laughs> That's just, a good you one. You see I this like logo that. I got off of Twitter, and I shared it, and I got like so many. I got like a million impressions. Like, it was crazy. And then I got, I got, yeah. I got accused for stealing somebody's image, too. <laughs> but we will, we will once like things like get back to normal world we will do a whole like whether you like it or not thing on seattle we'll review the rules just it's just if you want to look it up now anybody who's listening just google whatever happened with las vegas is the same thing that's happening with seattle it's not that hard to figure out and go over there but anyways to look at the rules of like you said our favor you know you can be a non-restricted agent versus restrict you know this and that and exactly like how many years you can only protect what like seven people or whatever you got to protect x amount of people yeah. you have to expose x amount of people it's a whole weird combination of i think it's a uh, scenario of nine players you can you can you can keep one goaltender three defensemen and the rest forwards or you can not keep a goaltender and, and do the five forwards, four defensemen, it's just however you want to work it out. But you but the, can actually protect, like, if you had a goaltender and you, we talked about this, right, if Tuca re-signed, you could potentially re-sign Tuca and expose him for Seattle, too. You know, because there are ways you, it's just, so anyone who wants to start reviewing that before it starts getting in the nitty-gritty, that's yeah. going to be so fun. It's going to be like regular draft, and then it's going to be... Free agency, well, Seattle, and then free agency. That's going to be the craziest three months. We'll be like, damn, this is all the fun that we missed during those three months of Corona lockdown. Important to know, too, that the uh, Seattle expansion is going to follow the same rules as the Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights did, too. So, Which, no offense, kind of annoyed the shit out of me. I'm like, I don't remember any, like, I don't remember when Tampa Bay came in the league. They got to just pick all the best players that couldn't get protected under this weirdo system. Right. No, I'm just kidding. At least they didn't have to come up with a new plan. Because that'd be stupid to have another team come in a couple years later and it'd be a totally different way to do it. I know. If any, but if anything... Seattle, they're trudging on. They still plan on. That's the entry. They're coming in 2021-22. And... Yeah, if anything happens further, I don't think there's going to be an expansion. I think that you're going to lock yourself in at 32 teams and keep it that way. But there's there's still a possibility of relocation. Yeah, I agree. So, like, like the Phoenix Coyotes next season are technically going to be in the Central um, Division. Which automatically speculates that, huh, Houston. No, see, I think the thing with, the problem with certain cities, like, uh, in, if you're in Arizona, you're in a weird no man's land. You're not on the East Coast, you're not in the West Coast time, you're not in, Sem you know what I mean? So most of the teams, there's like a few teams, very few teams that kind of dangle in the middle of not lining up time zones with Canada and the U.S. and the rest of the majority. And I think that's one of the things with it. I feel like the new guy in Arizona wants to make them like, 
all right, it's been 25 years. Let's get this shit together. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and they got a good team. I mean, you know, you got Kessel yeah, on that team. You got a lot of, a lot of great players. Um, so, and Paul Bissonnette. And Paul Bissonnette's in the organization too. So that you can't go wrong with that. I think they just need to move where the damn stadium is. I'm just uh, saying, if yeah. like now when you look in the drafts and the prospect and all this and the college hockey, like the West Coast is blowing up, and I include obviously like Arizona, you know. Vegas, whatever, that's the West Coast. Like, if we're going to go with chunking hockey regions, right? Yeah. Why, like, why let it go now when that area is starting to blow up, right? Like, when you're starting to see kids drive. I mean, look, at, I'm sorry, you might have heard a guy named Austin Matthews, you know? Like, why yeah. would you want to take that away? There would never be Austin Matthews growing up if he hadn't grown up around even a mediocre professional hockey team to force, you know, a whole change of culture in the regions kind of thing. But. Oh god, I can't wait for I love the draft. I love it. it's like fight club for sports. Like like draft free agency. Alright, let's get these last two topics in before we cut this show and bid adieu to all the listeners. The Boston Bruins Awards uh, became official uh, the after the 2019-20 regular season closed with Gary Bettman saying that they will not return to game action this season. Uh, David Pasternak shares the Rocket Richard Trophy with uh, Alex Ovechkin, and I have it in front of me. Really sad to see that um, Pasternak uh, couldn't reach the 50-goal marker. He was only two away. He's got 48. And uh, the other one that really kills me by looking at it now is he was only five points from his first 100-point season. So that's kind of shitty, but uh, nonetheless, it's a great honor to, like, share... The trophy with such an elite player like Ovechkin, who has been just unbelievable in his career. Um, so good on Pasta, and and that just that just shows you what more you can get out of this kid in the next couple of seasons, uh, and and hopefully the the fruition of his contract. You know, I mean, he's just a, a great kid in the locker room, great kid off the ice, and and just wants to go to work every day, do his best. And um, yeah, so and in, in this winning culture, you need uh, you need players like that. I think it's because he's been developing in a system where, like, it's like as good as the Bruins organization is, no one's entitled to win, and they don't come in it with an attitude of that. And I think that trickles down. And like you said, that's how the young kids look up at the like whether it's Chara, no one's called a rookie kind of or whatever, like living your and also i just think because of his life that he grew up with that he appreciates it like he doesn't take for granted even though this year he won an mvp at the all-star game and he tied ovechkin which that is sad to not him to not get his 50 goals he probably would have got it of no fault i think uh, hard because it's of no fault of his own it's not like he played all 82 games and didn't make it like they took 12 games he could have done it away from him you know uh but also, too, to bring up, he's been in the MV. I mean, he's not winning. Dry Settle's one of the MVP, you know what I mean? But yeah. being in the conversation, just like last year with Brad Marchand in the conversation, who could still be arguably one of the MVPs, is, you know, again, just struggling along. Can't believe we got what we got. But I, I think Haas is going to do it. You know, he finally, I think, grew into his man mode. You know what I mean? Like, he was still a kid, and, he was, and like, now he's got his groove, and I think that this is just the beginning. Do I think he might score 50 goals every year? Probably not. Most people don't, unless you're Alex Ovechkin or a few other names, you know. But, uh, I think he's just grown. I mean, yes, he's coming off like a rocket Richard winner. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
he just has grown in other ways too. He doesn't get so frustrated, right? We don't see the shutdown like once things aren't going good, he doesn't just like a thing that you see. Where is he? Where is he? He's out there, but he's not doing anything. And all that good things grow. Yay! Clap, 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 clap. Okay. Uh, Yaroslav Halak and Tuka Rask share the Williams Jennings Trophy, and that is the uh, it's given to the basically the team that has the lowest goals against average, and uh, they both worked very well together. As a 1A, 1B tandem, like they have uh, since since Halak came in, uh, good on them on that. Uh, remains to be seen if if Tuka Rask uh, will get the Vezina Trophy. Uh, rumors say that he is the leading candidate when it comes to voting, um, although the votes have not been officially released. Uh, rumors on Twitter say that they have him earning it over. Uh, I think his name is Vat. Vasilevsky of Tampa Bay so we'll see what happens with that but the uh Did the you say you think his name is Vasilevsky no I can't I can't say his first name Andre Andre Vasilevsky all right all right all right I just thought it was funny like you don't know who Vasilevsky is goalie no I knew him I was just trying to you know my tongue ties it happens yeah, I'm um, only joking. And the final one was the Boston Bruins uh, captured the President's Trophy with a 100-point season. Unfortunately, it had to stop because you could have easily saw them break the 110 marker if they went on a serious run. We are Bruins fans, so that possibly could have happened. We're always going to pump our tires. So Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Don't forget. Big Bad Bruins pod. Check them out. All right. I, I, I'm starting to think you like them more than us. <laughs> no, I just like good podcasts. You know what I mean? I don't. Do, I'm, not, I'm only joking. I'm not going to cater to uh, terrible food takes and and craziness. So um, the last one that I have, and this is a kind of a, a a bummer for me because I'm a credentialed media member of the Providence Bruins, not of the Bruins, but through the Bruins on this uh, Black and Gold Productions team. But per uh, Providence Journal sports writer Bill Kosh, the Providence Bruins might have to seek an alternative rink as it's rumored per article earlier this week that the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island could be shut down for the remainder of the 2020 calendar year or a vaccination for the virus is readily available. So that is a bummer right there. Uh, it, it, I mean, it is what it is. It, it, it's the times that we're dealing with right now. I get it. Um, but I could actually see uh, the Providence Bruins possibly going to play their games at nearby Brown University, uh, possibly Providence College. Uh, the other bummer is, and I'm not a basketball fan, but the other major uh, renter of the dunk in Providence is Providence Basketball. So. Uh, both of those guys are going to have to find uh, separate places to go. Who knows about that? Um, but it kind of puts a, um, uh, a weird stamp on how next season's going to start for your your prospects and your developing core. Um, if that happens, is the idea of carrying more players on your roster next season? Uh, could that be an idea because of this? And uh, you know, it's just so many weird things that could happen because everything changes on a daily basis. But something to keep aware of when you're, you know, you're not going to be able to uh, to play home games at your own arena. So we'll see what happens. 
but uh, I just wanted to bring that up as uh, it was a relevant article earlier this week, and and with the times, it's just just another notch in the in the stupid corona. Are you kidding me? I love coronavirus. No, it's my don't. favorite thing. Jesus. I am so happy that I've literally lost a quarter of this year to this virus. No, I'm just kidding. I'm surprised. I actually thought I'd be one of the people by now that'd be like, burn that shit down, let my people free. But I'm not. I'm like, whatever. But I also, like you, have been able to still go to work and like kind of still sort of have my life routine yeah. to some extent. Yeah. Know, so. I like going out and having a beer and a steak somewhere once in a while, you know? I don't, I don't want... Look at... Look what... Look what Geos has done to me. Yeah, sorry about the sub guy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you gave me a salad instead. I think that was intentional. <laughs> maybe it could have been subliminal, or I could have been maybe listening to a podcast in my ear and maybe just didn't hear the sub. Yeah. And I said salad, and you thought I said sub. Yup. And then, like I, like I said, said, we've got it now. If I ask you certain questions, you know I'm confused about what you're ordering. <laughs> like I said, if you messed up those onion rings, you would have heard the wrath. Would not. The day that we didn't have onion rings, and I'm like, please don't make me call him back and tell him there's no (laughs) onion rings. And the response was, well, then send him a text. And I was like, no, I don't want to tell this dude we don't have onion rings. I love George. He's so funny, man. Yeah, Um, Yeah, yeah, shout out to Geo's on Main Street. Oh, no. Elm Street. Elm Street in Amesbury, Massachusetts. The the best, the best roast beef around. Uh, I always get the roast beef calzone with barbecue on it and on the side, and in order of onion rings, always the best. Who hooks up the barbecue sauce? You do. You're the barbecue sauce crack addict. That's right. No, you. No, you're the crack addict. <laughs> I'm just the dealer. I have control of the product. <laughs> Big <laughs> fan of a spicy barbecue. That's it. Yeah, James River. Everybody loves it. Very, very popular. Oh my God! I'm so glad that we got to do this. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is Friday. this is the end of uh, episode 181, um, um, and and it was a, a successful show. Uh, so we, more sober than Friday's not real show, but oh, pretend, that was like, funny. Hey. Oh, boy, I won't. I hope I didn't look too spazzy. I've never I've never done like recording anything. You know me. That's all right. I don't care, but you want me on there, and I'm gonna be a star now. That's all right, but Heather, thank you very much for the time today. <laughs> we will get together during the week via text message and and so on. We will get a schedule together for next week, possibly even entertain the uh, idea of having a guest on, mm-hmm. uh, maybe somebody from Watertown, who knows, Yay! who knows, we'll see what's up, I'll have to reach out and see if that person might be available to talk, but um, no, this has been really good, Heather, and thank you so much for uh, getting the opportunity to get the technology that you need and, and in place to to get back and talk because these past couple weeks, like I said, even though I've had awesome guests on, it's it's always uh, tough to not see you uh, across the studio, uh, in the seat next to me and uh, and talking uh, like we like we have in the past. So um, awesome to have you back on in, in this capacity. Hopefully, it continues like this and uh, and we can grow a little bit more um, by this with uh, doing some more spontaneous mini pods is if there's some breaking news that comes out and we definitely like talk about it during our work day and we want to get together that night and get some like breaking news little little minis uh, we can do that so uh, if you're if you're down for that I'd love to continue talking further and uh, again I just just been awesome I mean I, I basically feel like I sat down five minutes ago and it's already been an hour and 40 minutes yeah that happened Friday too we're like I'm like, we're like oh shit it's nine o'clock um 
And all serious, I'm so glad to be back on, but you've done so much great things, and obviously always the writers at Black and Gold and with new members, like my... I love Maria from Watertown. Love her. Okay. So, like, it's good. We're expanding. Like I said, I think it'll be fun. We could do many things. Like you said, if things go down, like, you think I'm not doing a mini plot on Tory Krug when he finally gets signed? I'm down. I just need 15 minutes and a lot of happiness. No, I'm just <laughs> but you've been putting out awesome content, and all the writers still keep chuggling along and great additions. Always, you know me. I'm like a mama bear, proud mama bear with you with everything. Absolutely. It's so weird. I'm like, even you are always like, you know, whatever. You're my co-host. It's like, yeah, but this is your baby. I'm more here like the color commentator. I'm like the funny one. You're so like I'm the Fred Cusick and you're the Dark Sanderson, huh? Yeah. Oh, God. I am totally the Dark Sanderson. <laughs> as long as I can be the Louise to your Thelma. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, yeah, we'll, we're going to drive off a cliff at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we're both driving off a cliff, and I'm talking you down from the cliff while we're trying to fight the technology. But everything's been going smooth. Technology, oh, so far, so good. I want to roll with things, this. Your past things. Uh, but you know what I would like to do one time, because I haven't done it in a while? I would like to, as much as I appreciate everyone, and I, I forgot to write them down. We did have a few people review the podcast back in March. But I just want to remind everyone, please, 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 rate and review right now. There's not a lot of great content. and. Again, don't do it for me. Do it for Mark because he puts so much time and energy and do it for the black and gold label. Manage all this shit and enjoy his wits. Like there's a lot of things he's got to manage and yeah. he does. So please, rate and review. Thank you. You've had great guests and uh, also again shout out to some of your, you know, some of our favorite other local podcasts. You know, well Bruins meaning local like Bruins podcasts. Maybe not actual local. Great content's going around. I'd say I don't know what's going on in other hockey world except for certain podcasts in other regions I listen to, but everything that's being produced, especially at Black and Gold, of course I have to say that. Nice. But everywhere else, there's been some great interviews. That's my favorite part that's been going on. Tire so, pump. Love you, it. If every morning I woke up and there was an interview for Mark Savard in my life, I would be a happy girl, very happy. We'll see what also happens. Full, we'll see if we can make that happen. Although you see the Bruins stuff behind me, Marty Brodor is to my left wall, <laughs> right on the wall. My old red poster is like 30 years old. <laughs> All, All right. right. Anyways, this was awesome. Thank you. For, this was great. Fun, yes. good time. Thank great you very much, Ella, for the time. We will get back to everybody next week. We and I, we're going to put this on YouTube. We got all kinds of stuff going on here at Black and Gold, so very excited. Thank you, all the listeners. Thank you for the retweets. Thank you for the shares on Facebook. Thank you, our Patreon members who continue to go and donate a dollar per episode, even though the coronavirus is going on and people aren't working. Some folks are still sticking around. I understand the ones that we lost. I get it. You need your all the money you can get for your families and so on. That's totally respectable but the ones that stuck around and continue to pay thank you so much it's really good we're going to do a, another patreon campaign coming up with some uh great things t-shirts sign pucks jerseys we got a little jersey action in the uh in the mix i fooled around with a website the other day and uh, we might have some jerseys to either give away or purchase so hoodies and blah 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 we're, we're, we're gonna work on it so again we got i gotta end this really quick because i love talking Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. The YouTube memberships, the, the subscriptions, everything. Thank you very much, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to 
blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.